All right, welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where we're going straight to the Wild Wild West, Brooke. We're going straight to the Wild 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 Wild. Once upon a time in the West, Brooke, madman lost his damn mind in the West, Brooke. All right, I'm done. Uh, enough <laughs> of that. <laughs> Alan, how'd you like that? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> Those are my, uh, was it Cisco who sings that? Those are my Cisco stylings remixed for the Russell Westbrook era for the Lakers. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez. I'm joined by my co-host, Alan Riley, who's reporting to us live from that very wild, wild west train, doing another drive through recording for us so we can get his quick thoughts on the Lakers' wild, wild last few days in free agency. So Alan, quickly, Rob Palinka had an interesting day one in free agency, but then his master plan quickly unfolded in day two, and we've since com- come out of it with one of what I feel like the most well-rounded, balanced, and versatile rosters that we've probably ever had, at least offensively. And one thing remains true with all of these one-year deals that he doled out. We are for sure all in on winning now. All in on this year, all in next year when we do this whole one-year musical chairs turnover thing again, but that seems to be the master plan, to win now at all costs. So with that in mind, Alan, take me through your emotions from day one into day two and how you're feeling now. Yeah, um, I was ecstatic. (laughs) I was super happy. And um, I I kind of like, I don't know, I just allowed myself to not think too critically of things for like a few hours, you know? Um, I, I think we all kind of came off of the Russell Westbrook stuff, like not scratching our heads, but just like trying to wrap our heads around it. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and like be reasonable and be rational, allow yourself to feel whatever, but then getting the news of just like homecoming and like bringing the band back together and all that stuff was like, it was like pure joy (laughs) for me, at least I was like, dude, this is freaking awesome. Like we're getting everybody back. Um, and it was a lot of names that we actually like kind of tongue in cheek throughout there. Right. We're like, Oh yeah. Like, come on, let's get Wayne Ellington back. You know, yeah. um, he's a great shooter and Oh man, like we lost Dwight last year. We're all pissed about that. Maybe we could get him and it's like, it freaking actually happened. So, um, in that sense, it was surreal. It was so weird to see all the dominoes falling so freaking quickly too. I feel mm-hmm. like we have been, a little like scarred and traumatized from the Lakers, like waiting too long. It's like, yo, when is something actually going to go down? Right. That's happened so many times to us. And this was nothing like that at all. We were just, you know, with everybody running the race at the same time. Um, So yeah, dude, that was day one and uh, day two getting Carmelo again. It was like another one of those things like, yeah, it'll probably happen. But then there was another side of us like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen, you know? (laughs) Uh, And then it it freaking happened. (laughs) And uh, it's like, dude, I remember back in the Mitch and Jim days, you know, when we were trying to get mellow way back then. And it was like, no, don't get Carmelo. That's terrible. Then obviously a few years we tried again and like, you know, we, we finally pulled it off. So, um, yeah, that, that was also just like unbridled joy. That was, that was sick. Um, like gosh what am I leaving out now what about so you just mentioned all of the old grizzled vets who have resumes and then came the Mm -hmm. the pincher with Rob Palenka all of a sudden taking us left field and infusing this team with youth obviously re-signing THT included so what were your thoughts when 
Because up until that point, up until the Mellow signing, it was kind of the same sort of theme of older guys. But to that point, we didn't have anybody under 30 outside of Anthony Davis. And then came Malik Monk, then Kendrick Nunn, then re-signing THT. What did you think when that slew of signings came through? Yeah, no, you're, you're right. Um, so with Monk, yeah, I was like shocked by that. I was really surprised. Um, he wasn't like, at least on my radar, just in terms of like a realistic option. So yeah, that one definitely caught me off guard. But Kendrick Nunn caught me off guard, obviously, way more. <laughs> um, I, I forgot who posted this on Twitter, so apologies to that person for not giving them credit. But they calculated the average age of the Nets roster and then the average age of our roster. And then the Nets roster is older than ours at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know... The, the fact that everyone's, like, getting on us, LeBron had his, like, deleted tweet and all that about um, how we're, like, the AARP team or whatever. Um, but clearly, like, not the case. And you're right. Like, so much credit goes to Rob. It'd be so freaking fun to just, like, be not a fly on the wall, but a, a thing in his brain <laughs> just to, like, know and, like, understand, like, where his head was at as all this was going on and the way that it progressed. Yeah, he definitely has some tricks up his sleeve. So super excited, yeah, for these these young guys. And yeah. So I, I think I would describe this period for the Lakers. Doesn't it feel like the Fast and Furious franchise where it just gets more over the top as you go on to each <laughs> next movie? You don't think, you think that at some point they'll have a limit, right? But no, they go from, you know, <laughs> racing submarines to like going to outer space. And I feel like that's where we've kind of, got into with these signings it's like well might as well just add Andre Iguodala at this point right you know um or might as well add Justice Winslow like some of these lotto pick guys who didn't necessarily pan out for one reason or another but we'll take a flyer on them and maybe they'll pan out you know so yeah it's been a crazy last first two days of free agency for the Lakers and obviously what are your quick thoughts on losing Alex Caruso because that was the big piece that went out are you mad? Are you broken up over it? You know, the Lakers let him go for luxury tax reasons. Are you a little bit more understanding or you're just like, we should have kept the asset regardless because this wasn't an either or scenario. Honestly, I I wasn't feeling super optimistic about keeping him. Mm -hmm. You know, you you started to hear like the Ramona Shelburne's and people like that start to say, Hey, brace yourselves. They're probably going to let him go uh, to another team and this and that. So it, 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 definitely hurt like we love Alex Caruso for like real basketball reasons <laughs> you know um that go beyond all that other stuff but uh that other stuff can't be ignored either I mean we remember this guy in summer league you know and uh he was like a mascot you know for the longest time but I think we understood it, what his potential was and how he contributes so definitely sad about it but at the same time you know he has to do obviously what he's got to do in reading that the, he did come to the Lakers seeing if there was a counter offer. We just said, no, there wasn't one. Um, I guess it's just part of the business. And I know there've been some people who've come out pretty strongly and said that I guess the Lakers actually didn't value him that much. And it was uh, unwise to let him walk. But um, I just kind of chalked it up to, like you said, you know, salary cap thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think we have to realize We like to say it's not our money, who cares? But the Lakers are an organization and a business and they have to make these valuations for themselves. You know, they have to make 
the decision to, if we let Caruso go at this price point, are we going to be able to rebound from it? And I think from their eyes, they felt like they could. And what they ended up doing was getting Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk, right? And you have to factor in the fact that if Caruso was still on this roster making $10 million, would Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn have even come? You know what I'm saying? Right. You have to factor in role and opportunity. And now that Caruso's gone, I'm sure it made it a hell of a lot easier to re-sign THT too. So I think they took all of that into account. And whether or not we agree with it, it's their money. They made that valuation point. And while I would have liked to have kept the asset on, and I don't want to just call him an asset, but while I would have liked to just keep Caruso on, even from an asset standpoint, the Lakers saw their bill. This is the highest luxury tax they've ever paid in the history of the franchise. And they said, we can still mend the fences here while not also being, while not also strapping ourselves financially to the point where it just feels excessive. You know what I'm saying? So with that said, let's move on to continuing to talk about this roster. Alan, we know that Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk can have these explosive games and be these microwave scorers off the bench, so I won't necessarily talk about them. I want to focus more on the AARP guys, the old guys. And so before I let you talk about them and what you feel like the new identity of this roster is, I went through and looked at the top three games of all of our quote-unquote old guys, so I'm going to list them out really quickly. So Carmelo Anthony, here are his best three games from last season. 29 points, three rebounds, two assists, five steals, two blocks, hitting six of 10 from three versus Charlotte. That's pretty crazy. That is. Number two, 26 points, six assists, two steals, one block, eight of 14 from the field, two of five from three versus Mini. Not bad. Third best game, 22 points, five assists, four rebounds, one steal, two blocks versus Philly. And those are just three games. He obviously has a slew of other 20-point games, but I'm just showing you what he can do. Let's move on to Kent Bazemore. His best game, 26 points, eight rebounds, three assists, three steals, 10 of 19 from the field, four of seven from three versus Miami. They won that game. Second best game, 19 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 6 steals, 2 blocks versus Washington. Crazy. Third best game, 19 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 block, 7 of 14 from the field versus Utah. Trevor Ariza, this is the one that I was most worried about. He's 36 years old, only played half the season once he got traded to the Heat. Best game, 21 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, 8 of 14 from the field, 5 of 7 from 3 versus Mini. Then he had a 19.4 rebound, 3 steals, 1 block, 8 of 13 from the field game versus Boston. His third best game, 18.6 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks versus Chicago. For a 36-year-old, not too shabby, Trevor Ariza, not too shabby. All right, Wayne Ellington. Best game, 25 points, two steals, hitting eight of 11 from the field and from three versus Toronto. (laughs) Crazy. Second best game, 24 points, two rebounds, two assists, hitting seven from 11 from three versus Miami. Third best game, 20 points, two rebounds, three assists, six of nine from three versus Sacramento. Lastly, let's move on to Dwight Howard. Going to turn 36, I believe, in November. 19 points, 14 rebounds in just 22 minutes versus Detroit. 22 minutes, okay? Second best game, and actually looking at the minutes distribution, this might be his better game. 
19 points, 11 rebounds, two blocks in just 17 minutes versus Atlanta. Third best game, 18 points, 15 rebounds, two blocks in just 26 minutes versus Cleveland. So those are the three top games for each of our quote-unquote old guys, and that's not including the slew of other games where they perform well. I just wanted to cut it at top three, right? So, Alan, what are your thoughts with regards to this team where, yes, it's majority older veteran guys, but we also shored up the youth infusion with Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn. What are you most excited about with regards to this team? A lot of people are joking, and the jokes are funny about how old they are, but it just so happens that these old guys that we signed also happen to be physical unicorns. Dwight Howard, LeBron James is obviously on that list. Russell Westbrook is part of that. I guess you could even add Carmelo Anthony just because of his physique and build. Trevor Ariza obviously has a seven-foot two wingspan. So in terms of the old guys that you call up, I I think we picked a pretty good core of guys who are at the very least, when they came out of college, are known for their being physical unicorns. And also they just so happen to be athletic and explosive old guys. So you tell me how old they feel when they're posterizing you in the face. So what are you most excited about this with regards to this team? Wow. Yeah, those... Those stats don't lie. <laughs> um, you're right, though, in terms of like, yes, are they older on paper? Are they, you know, towards the end of their their careers and all that? Of course. Are they still, like you said, unicorns? Absolutely. And the fact that we have so many guys who, you know, are, are further along on the um, like bell curve, <laughs> you know, when it comes to that. Uh, can't be ignored. You can't just look at the age on paper. Um, I'm really excited to see how Carmelo's going to fit in. Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned, I don't know if you tweeted it or said it in our group chat, but you said that he's had like a Vince Carter-esque you know, type of last few years. And it's it's crazy that he was almost at a league, like Hoodie Mello was a thing where he wasn't even on a team because no one wanted him and the whole right. thing. Um, and yeah, he has absolutely like found a place for himself um, we saw that in Portland, and I mean his his opportunities are are going to be so great with this team. Obviously, he's going to be coming off the bench. He's going to be running that second unit. It'll be interesting to see what those combinations are. But um, seeing what an effective and efficient scorer you know he was in Portland the last couple of seasons, and uh, what that's going to look like with the type of talent that he's going to be surrounded with now, um, I'm very intrigued by that. Yeah, no, I am too. He shot 40% from the field and, you know, he still had his moments where they let him go to work in the post, but I actually find that as a positive because he's a versatile shooter, right? He shot 40% from the field and kind of mimicked his, you know, Olympic mellow where all he did was shoot threes. But if you need a bucket, you go into the post and let him go to work and he can still hit that turnaround jump shot or that jab step shot, you know? And same goes for the guys that we called up with Kent Bazemore and... You know, Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk, what are your thoughts on the new offensive versatility we have where last year the offense was swing, swing on the perimeter and just take the shot? These days, we can swing it to anybody and it seems like they can take the guy off the dribble. Now, there's a downside to that, obviously. But the upside is because we don't have such a complex offensive scheme, you can actually rely on these guys, multiple guys, to get a shot on their own. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the fact that we have some guys, yeah, like you said, who can create their own, you know, shots and make their own offense, whereas last year things would, you know, get so stagnant. <laughs> and um, the second LeBron was out of the game, it was like, okay, well, we're screwed. Like, there's nothing we can do. 
Um, but yeah, just seeing the like creative possibilities that we'll have uh, given this roster. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people are going to be surprised by Malik Monk. He's definitely mm-hmm. not a guy, you know, off playing in Charlotte um, who people probably are very aware of and are just now recently, you know, learning about from YouTube and things like that. But um, I, I think it's going to be really fun to see the type of role he's going to play uh, on this Bro, team too. His explosiveness. He looks like Stevie Franchise out there on in transition. Yeah. Can you imagine the transition opportunities between him and Westbrook? The fact that you have two guards who can lob it to each other and they'll slam it down in the way that they do. We're going to be breaking some rims and backboards this year, dude. For sure. So it's going to be wild. I feel like you can almost pencil in Andre Iguodala. And at that point, it's Fast 10. Fast and Furious 10, Alan, because how (laughs) bulky and buff are those guys? They're old, but it's just going to be insane. So, Alan, I know you have like a minute left. We have to let you go. But what are you most worried about? Oof, most worried about. Um, Okay, I'm not going to say health. You know what I mean? Because like everybody's probably thinking that. So... I mean, it's going to take a minute to, like, figure things out. I think, um, you know, people have made their jokes about this is just like the Brooklyn Nets with all the former Celtics or this is like Carl Malone, Gary Payton era, you know, and, like, disagree, obviously, with all of those. But just in terms of things gelling and, um, you know, having, like, obviously high expectations just from the fan base, I, I think, is something that we'll just have to deal with as time goes on. Um, wouldn't be surprised if we were kind of slow out the gate. But that's also not like a concern of mine. Like, it's not going to bother me <laughs> that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe just like managing like the irritation from an individual, like from my own standpoint and our collective standpoints of like just dealing with people getting impatient, you know, with this mm-hmm. team. I think just enjoying like the journey, you know, and like seeing how things improve and evolve. Um, that's the opportunity and like that's the fun part of what this could be. Right. And, you know, there's going to be a Frank Vogel is going to have his toughest job managing personalities again because the group is so talented and there's opportunity. So we thought he was he had a tough time last year. I think it's going to be even more so this year because all of these guys have such starred resumes. Right. And even if you look at the young guys, THT, Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, they all sort of play the same position. Right. They're combo guards. And it's going to be tough, especially when you look at THT. What if, for whatever reason, Vogel wants to start Malik Monk or Kendrick Nunn, and THT is like, you just re-signed me. I'm making $10 million. You're not going to start me? So I think that's going to be the biggest thing, managing the personalities and the rotations. But I think Frank Vogel can do it with the veterans that we've signed. Everybody, especially the veterans, should be in sync with regards to chasing that championship. We are in win now mode we're all in these guys are on one-year contracts hopefully everyone's vision is aligned and the vets can keep the young guys in line and they've gone through their ups and downs over the courses of their careers and i think at least the vets that we brought in know what it means to sacrifice so with that said alan thank you for hopping on and giving us your quick thoughts we'll let you go because i know you need to go and uh we'll continue to just revel and rejoice about this uh, fast and furious 10 sort of lakers team Awesome, dude. Sounds good. Yeah, can't wait for things to get started. Yep. All right. I'll catch you later, man. Yeah. All right, man. See ya. All right. So we just let Alan go, but I am actually going to have another segment uh, after we pitch it to our sponsors where I go over the remaining free agents and just give an overview of who I'd like the Lakers to maybe go after for their one or two last roster spots. And I'm not including Jared Dudley in this. So 
Stay tuned for that. We're going to pitch it to our sponsors first. Please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. We've put out five episodes in the last four days or so. So if you guys just appreciate the content, and if you're a new listener, please rate and review us five stars on the Apple Podcast app to let us know that you enjoy the content and that you've been listening. It would go a long way in helping us continue to be consistent about the content that we push out because I have been working overtime just recording, uh, scheduling, and then editing, and then pushing this stuff out. So yeah, we would just greatly appreciate it if you could give us a five-star rating and review. All right, with that said, I'm going to pitch it to our sponsors, and when we return, I'm going to talk about what the Lakers do with their final one or two roster spots and which remaining free agents available pique my interest. Attention listeners across the galaxy. All the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. So join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. So do you guys remember that one time I told you about that one white stray hair I had down there that almost made me pull a hip muscle after I pulled it? No? Well, there you go. And also, that's the last time you'll ever hear about any such hairy situation for me again. Because ever since I started using Manscaped, the white stray hair snipping process for me has been much smoother than ever. So, are you ready for an out-of-world experience, fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off in not only the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. Abort Harry Balls and Buzz Lightyear that Woody with Manscaped. Man, did I write this? I don't know. Anyways, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. All right, so we're back, or rather, I'm back. And to close this show, I'm just going to go over some remaining free agent names that, I'm, that I personally would be looking at if I were the Lakers and I had to fill out one to two more spots. As I mentioned, we have three roster spots remaining technically. One will probably be reserved for Jared Dudley. The Lakers may keep another open. So realistically, the Lakers maybe have one roster spot to fill at max, maybe two. So with that said, who could we look at? Some available names who are currently out there, and this list may be a little bit outdated by the time that you listen to this, but some remaining free agents include Andre Iguodala, Justice Winslow, Kelly Oubre Jr., Dante Exum, Frank Nilakina, J.J. Redick, Isaiah Hardenstein, Willie Hernan Gomez, Paul Millsap, 
Harry Giles, and former Laker Wes Matthews. So that's a short list of some remaining free agent names that are out there. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins is out there as well. Uh, the first name that I'd like to highlight is uh, former Laker Svima Kailu. So initially, the Thunder opted to pick up his qualifying offer, and then in the last day or so, they actually rescinded it, making him once again a unrestricted free agent. So taking fit, minutes, and role out of consideration, I just personally would love Sveback. Uh, he f- obviously fits the former Laker theme well, but outside of that, just gives you solid, solid shooting at a good size. He's 6'7", 6'8". You remember his rookie year when he was dropping 31 points, 25 points in the summer league on a volume, a, a large volume of threes. Uh, he's, you know, gone through one or two seasons now, had a solid stretch with Oklahoma City last year as well. And I think just from a former Lakers standpoint, but also maybe tapping some upside standpoint by having a shooter with size who also has a little bit of primary creation abilities would love to have Svi back. Um, and then another guy who's interesting to me is Dante Exum, especially as it pertains to trying to shore up our perimeter defense in Caruso's absence. In the Olympics, he was killing it with the Australian national team. He was moving well, uh, passing well, throwing up lobs to big men, even knocking down some threes. And overall, you just have to love his size and length. Dante Exum is obviously a former lotto pick. He just turned 26 years old, so there's definitely still some upside to mine there. So Dante Exum would not be a bad guy to maybe take a gander at, especially if the Lakers are still looking to, you know, take flyers on on young upside guys. Uh, I guess you can also put Frank Nilakina in this category as well. And also former Laker Isaac Bonga's out there if you want to keep pumping up that angle. But if we had to choose and prioritize, given how many ball handling guards we already have, especially bringing in Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn in the last day, I do think we need one more bona fide wing defender especially because we don't know how much Ariza can hold up through the course of an 82-game regular season. And at this stage of his career, Carmelo's really more of a power forward. So for that reason, I think if we use up one or two last roster spots, I would try and fill that with a wing. And I think the obvious choice would obviously be Andre Iguodala. He has a relationship with Rob Palinka. Uh, he's been linked to us in the past, even via the trade deadline. And obviously, he would make our team just immensely more physical. And he's another one of these dudes who has such like a bulky physique. And in his prime, he was such a dynamic, athletic player. Obviously, he doesn't have that explosiveness anymore at this stage of his career. But he can still play defense and still be a physical presence on the perimeter defensively. Um, so if, if they don't go for Iguodala, though, then I would turn my sights to Justice. <laughs> Justice. I would turn my sights to Justice Winslow just to, again, mine that flyer upside for a former lotto pick and a former lotto pick that the Boston Celtics tried to trade a million picks for and, and didn't end up getting. But Justice Winslow, he's been hurt in his career and injured, but he has shown flashes of actually being a pretty good playmaker. But most of all, his physical tools are what intrigue you. And we just need another guy with that prototypical wing-type size. 
if not Justice Winslow, maybe Stanley Johnson, but he would be like three rungs below Winslow in my opinion. But Stanley Johnson, again, also gives you that youth slash athleticism infusion. Now, a long, long shot would be Kelly Oubre if he's willing to take a discount then sure, I would love to take that gamble, but he is another one of these like high usage sort of players who he really struggled on Golden State last year and couldn't hit his open shots. He took a dip in three-point percentage, and he was quite erratic. And I feel like, you know, we bring him on and we're really playing with fire at that point if we weren't already. But he is, he does have that prototypical 6'8", 6'9", size and length that... If he's willing to take the minimum, I don't think you can pass up on because he's essentially like a almost like a Cal Kuzma clone in terms of physique. He even has a seven foot three wingspan. So Kelly Oubre is long, and for that reason alone, maybe Frank Vogel can take him in and turn him into a defensive player and a quote unquote wing stopper. So I definitely wouldn't mind a Kelly Oubre gamble if he's willing to take the minimum and do so with an uncertain role. Outside of the wings, though, let's say the Lakers want to use up their second non-Jared Dudley spot. I also think we need another insurance big, one who's a power forward slash center who can maybe play small ball five, or even if it's just another center, I think that would help. And although I know that Anthony Davis has said that he's going to play the five more this season, I don't think you want to rely on that. And I also don't think you want to rely on 36-year-old Marcus Gasol and soon-to-be 36-year-old Dwight Howard to man the center position all on their own without any injury contingencies for this full 82-game season. So I think another young body would help in a break-in-case-of-emergency type scenario. Paul Millsap is out there and would be the obvious Markeith Morris replacement. He's still a big body who plays tough and can... And can provide versatility, some spacing. We know he can pass the ball. The only problem is, of course, he is geriatric, along with the slew of guys that we signed on day one, including Carmelo Anthony on day two. So, But at this point, you're just looking at skill. And given what we've already done, I wouldn't mind bringing Paul Millsap in to play limited minutes to just give us another option to go to at small ball five in in, in lieu of Markeith Morris. Paul Millsap is, of course, you guessed it, 36 years old as well. And I guess the other thing with Paul Millsap, too, while I wouldn't mind him and I love his versatility, it seems like from rumors that he has his sights set elsewhere. So it may not even be in the Lakers' ballpark or in their court. So let's say the Lakers want to continue veering towards a youth movement, and I think that would be a good angle to go with when it comes to trying to fill out a break-in-case-of-emergency roster spot. In that sense, again, I would go after a guy like Isaiah Hardenstein. He's seven feet tall with a seven foot two wingspan. He had some solid stretches with the Cleveland Cavaliers last year. As a starter, this is just two games, obviously. He averaged seven points, 10 rebounds, four assists, one block, hitting half a three a game, 33%. I think that's sort of a snapshot of the versatility that he can provide, where he can kind of do everything. He's still working on his jump shot, but he can at least space it out a little bit. But overall, you're asking him to play maybe five to 10 minutes in in an emergency situation. He wouldn't be a bad guy to look at, especially when it comes to, again, trying to mine for some youth and fresh legs. Uh, Isaiah Hardenstein is currently just 23 years old, so um, he could be like a Zubats 
replacement for him. I know that hits some Lakers fans in the heart uh, a certain way, but yeah, maybe he can be our, our Zubat's redemption story. So look out for Isaiah Hardenstein if the Lakers decide to go for that direction. And then I'd maybe look to swing for the fences too and go after a guy like Harry Giles to mine some of that lotto pick potential again. Because this guy, you know, coming out of uh, college had insane athleticism and that, that's what he was known for. So Harry Giles, 6'10", with a 7'3 wingspan, he would add to our wingspan season of our group of guys who have 7'0 plus wingspans. And maybe Frank Vogel could morph him into an adequate defender because he definitely has the physical tools to, to be that. And obviously, just having another athletic guy and just moldable physical clay to work with is never a bad thing. So Harry Giles would be another option. And then lastly, a guy like Willie Hernan Gomez. He's just 27 years old, sturdily built, always been a great rebounder. And he's proven in limited minutes that any time he actually gets time, he can be very, very effective. Last year, he averaged 7.8 points seven rebounds in just 18 minutes a game. That's pretty impressive. So yeah, I would definitely give Willie Hernan Gomez a look. Oh, and then, and then last guy, I, I definitely have to mention him, former Laker, Mo Wagner. Solid Olympics performance with the Germany team, especially the qualifying bid they had where he had like 25 points. It would be a great coming back home story, especially because we had to offload him, Bonga, and Zvi. Um, when we made the Anthony Davis trade, so it would be very poetic to bring him back and just be our young guy who brings the energy and grit and hustle, right? Because that's what he did when he was a rookie for us. He can obviously space the floor, so would definitely love a Mo Wagner reunion. So yeah, that's pretty much our remaining two spots, with the third one being reserved for Jared Dudley, of course. To make sure the Lakers have the utmost flexibility, Maybe they make one of these two non-Dudley slots non-guaranteed so they can easily waive whoever they sign in case someone else comes along down the line in the buyout market, i.e. Kevin Love. That, or I could also see the Lakers converting one of these spots into, or sorry, that or I could see the Lakers converting summer league standout Austin Reeves, converting his two-way contract into an actual minimum contract. Uh, thereby opening up another two-way spot for someone like Mac McClung or Devontae Kaycock. So maybe the, the Lakers really only fill out one spot, keep another one open, or sign an unguaranteed guy, or make one of our two-way guys currently signed, Ayayi or Reeves, into a minimum contract in that spot, or I guess an Exhibit 10 as well. Um, but otherwise, I think we should at least go after an Iguodala, and yes, maybe a Wes Matthews too as well. Although the thing with Wes Matthews is I feel like we're so shooting guard heavy. It would kind of be, it, we would just be bloated at that position. And I'm really not sure how much he would play, but I guess just having any sort of perimeter defense helps. So yeah, Iggy or Wes Matthews for that one spot if we're only intent on filling out one spot. And then the slew of young guys and stuff for that second spot, which I hope goes to an emergency power forward slash center. So yeah, with that said, we'll see how Rob Palinka chooses to fill out the back end of this roster. But for the most part, it seems like the Lakers are done and we can't complain with what's happened up until this point. Does Rob Palinka have one last surprise in him? I don't know, but uh, I guess don't count that out as well. So yeah, with that said, please continue to 
Follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also please rate and review us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. We've been pumping out these episodes during this free agency period at a immense and swift pace, and I've been working my ass off getting these out quickly. If you appreciate the work that we do, if you appreciate listening to these instant reactions, uh, please consider rating and reviewing us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. That's your best way to let us know you're listening and also your best way to help support us. Also, we are part of the fan-sided family. Please check out lakeshowlife.com for all of the instant breaking news and free agency articles galore, as well as our podcast on that page as well. So once again, thank you guys for your support. And we will catch you guys next time as the free agency and summer continues to roll along. So yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.